many of you like Christmas time? It's awesome. We celebrate Christmas because it's when Jesus came. It's when God the Father sent his son, Jesus. And Jesus came for the purpose of having his father, who he had eternal relationship with, become our father. It's truly a miracle that Jesus' father can become our father. We've been in the series on reparenting, rediscovering God as our father. Everything flows out of relationship and father. And that God is a father who loves us unconditionally. He's the prodigal father. That's why we sang that reckless love of God. He is recklessly loving father for us. And there's a lot of scriptures that have father in them. And we look at Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 has the word father nine different times. You can open up your Bible to Matthew chapter 6. We talked about the context and the, the kind of overviewing the whole thing of Matthew ch chapter 6. But to set the context, I want to remind us of verse 1. It says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Jesus warned them not to practice righteousness before other people, but to practice their righteousness before the Father and to receive the reward. And throughout Matthew chapter 6, he then gives three practical ways in which you can practice your righteousness. Now, before we get to these, I, I want to just remind us that righteousness is not earned. Righteousness is received. We talked about that when we were going through Romans, right? No one is righteous, not even one. Our righteousness is like filthy rags to the Lord. Our righteousness is, it's imputed, it's given to us, it's received by faith and faith alone. So once we receive Christ's righteousness, then we are to be righteous because that is what we are. And we practice righteousness in the same way that a doctor practices medicine or a lawyer practices law. A doctor is a doctor, so he's going to practice medicine. A lawyer is a lawyer, so he's going to practice law. So too, we as believers, through faith in Jesus, are righteous, so we practice and we live out righteousness. And Jesus gives us three practical, great ways to practice righteousness. First, through giving, and we looked at that last week, praying, we'll look at that today, and then fasting, and we'll look at that next week. We give God our wallets, we give God our time, and we give God our diets. And each of these things we can practice in secret. And why is this? Because 
Jesus is calling out hypocrisy over and over. Do not be like the hypocrites. Do not be like the hypocrites. I'll tell you what a hypocrite is. A hypocrite is trying to be somebody that you're not. A Christian is being somebody who you are. A hypocrisy is trying to be somebody that you're not. We as Christians are declared righteous. So it's not like we have to do something that we're not. We are righteous so we can be righteous. Do you understand? So we are not hypocrites. And today I want to look specifically about prayer. You see, everything flows out of relationship. That's why he uses father, father, father nine times. It's what hypocrisy has no relationship, right? Hypocrisy is, dis, hypocrisy is religion. These people were based on religion and they were trying to earn favor with God and with other people. But relationship is different than religion and it's what separates Christianity from all other religions. So we come to prayer. In practicing prayer, it's verses 5 through 15. And I get to talk about prayer today when the prayer guy is not here. Isn't that cool? I get to preach on a passage here that probably has been preached, I don't know, a dozen times. Uh, the College of Prayer, full of prayer. There's uh, countless material on prayer. And um, I get to preach on it today. Hallelujah. I'm excited. Prayer is amazing. The prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. Amen. Uh, prayers launch out missions, right? Uh, Jesus said, ask the Lord of the harvest and I will send forth laborers, right? So prayer thrusts forth laborers. There's so much to prayer that we can cover. But today I heard God say, focus on relationship. Focus on relationship. Christianity is not just a truth we believe in, but it's a relationship that we enter into. Christian, I'm going to say that again. Christianity is not just a truth that we believe in. It certainly is a truth that we believe in. Amen? I mean, there, it is truth. And you do believe in it. And you do uh, receive knowledge. And you do put your faith and trust in God. It is intellectual. But it's not just a truth that you believe in. It's a relationship that you enter into. And prayer will bring you into that relationship. Relationship, genuine relationship, requires honest conversation and time. Um, Emily and I have been married for 10 years. Back in August, we celebrated 10 years. And if somebody were to ask me, how's your How's your marriage? I would not pull out my marriage certificate. I don't think I would pull out my vows. While those are important, right? 
These are truths, they were promises that I declared on that wedding day to Emily, and it is a truth. But it's more than just a truth or vows that you made that day. It's more than just a certificate. A marriage is a relationship. And if somebody asked me, how's your relationship with your wife? I'd probably say, if it's good, well, it's good. We're spending lots of time together. We're having honest conversation together, and it's great. If it was bad, I'd say, well, we're not really getting that much time together. Uh, we've been absent from each other. It's been hard to talk about, right? That is a relationship. Relationships require time, talking, and transparency. So this morning I want to lead us, and I believe the scriptures here, that God is calling us to enter into a greater relationship with the Father. And a growing relationship with the Father requires time with the Father in honest conversation. Growing relationship with the Father requires time with Him in honest conversation. To have relationship with the Father, it takes time. I mean, any relationship that you have with anyone, it requires time, right? You can't have relationship if you don't have time. And so Jesus was calling out the hypocrites who were spending time, uh, but they were not spending time with the Father. They really were just spending time with one another. And so Jesus calls them to shut the door. Verse 6, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. He wanted them to, to, to block out any distraction, to create time with the Father. And he was encouraging these hypocrites to spend time privately with the Father. Relationships require time privately and corporately. Uh, what kind of a marriage would I have? What would, you, what would you say if you found out that the only time I spent with Emily was here on Sunday mornings? Uh, that would be bad, right? Uh, maybe we'd go out to a ball game or to a theater together, but what if we never spent time privately? That would be bad. How many Christians do you know don't spend private time with the Lord? It takes private time with the Father. Amen. Just time with the Father. Yes. Just time talking, just spending time with the Father. Shut the door. Get out the distractions. Turn off the cell phone. And there's more distractions now than ever, isn't there? Yes. And I mean, I found this in my marriage. Like, it's harder and harder to spend time with Emily. Like, we got three kids now, and Ooh, it's getting, uh, time with her is tough. But we need time together. I need time with the Father. Just time with the Father. Private time with the Father. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. He's encouraging you to block out time public and spend private time with the Lord. Time with Him. 
Spend time with the Father. But in this, let me just say, and I, I just got to say, he's not saying only spend time with the Father, just privately. He does lead them to corporate prayer. Later on, he says, pray then like this in verse 9, our Father. That's a plural pronoun, our Father. Then it says, verse 11, give us this day. So he's not saying just spend time privately. He said that to the hypocrites because all they were doing was time publicly. Your public prayer life should flow out of your private prayer life. You ought to have both, honestly. If you're spending time with the Father privately, you will want to spend time with the Father publicly. If I spend time with Emily, I mean, what if we never spend time in public? That would be a problem too, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, are you ashamed or what? It, but what, how many of us don't want to spend time in public prayer? This is why we have the river on Wednesday nights to have public communal prayer time. This is why you go to life groups to have communal prayer time. This is why we have these prayer watches on Friday nights to have corporate prayer. And Jesus, when he sent out his disciples to the upper room in Acts chapter 2, he didn't say go to your rooms and pray privately. He called them to pray corporately, amen? And that's where the Holy Spirit descended on them corporately. I just had to say that. Spend time privately and corporately. But it's not just time that is, that's required in relationship. It's also talk. You need to have conversation. Relationships require time with people, but it also requires conversation with people. You can't have much of a relationship without conversation. This is why it says in verse 5, and when you pray. Jesus isn't saying if you pray. When you pray. And verse 7, and when you pray. And you pray to who? To the Father. Truly I say to you, they have received, verse 6, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father. You see, the hypocrites were praying to be seen by others. And then in verse 7, it says that these hypocrites were heaping up empty phrases like Gentiles to be heard by others. When you talk, when you spend time, when you actually get time with the Father, you shut the door and you get time with the Father, talk to the Father. When you spend time corporately with the Father, talk to the Father. To the Father. I think we've all been in corporate prayer times when it seems like people are talking more to other people than they are to the Father. Have you ever heard these prayers? They're really long and they use words that they don't normally use and they talk in voices that they don't normally talk in. It's like uh, Darth Vader all of a sudden came over there. Father God, oh, thou art holy and powerful. And it's like, where are we? What, do you normally talk like this? Some of my favorite prayers are with people who just accept Christ. Because they talk normally. They say, I mean, I've had it happen over and time. How do I do this? Just talk. 
Just talk. Talk to the Father. Just talk to him. And then they say these, I mean, I wish I had a recorder on some of these. It's like they're the most honest, perfect prayers. Talk to the Father. Just talk to him. And Jesus led his disciples to pray the Lord's Prayer pattern. And he said, pray then like this. And it's a prayer pattern, okay? I think we've heard it, but just in case, you pray like this. It's not that you have to repeat this perfect prayer. It is the perfect prayer, and it contains all prayer. I know there's a lot of acrostics uh, out there. Just forget them. Um, Focus on the Lord's prayer pattern. It is the best. Jesus led him to pray our Father, and you can pray on the Father love of God in relationship. All prayer flows out of relationship. Then you get into worship, hallowed be your name, and you declare the names of God. Then you get into lordship, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I love praying the kingdom. Oh man, that's when it really gets good. You're praying for repentance, righteousness, joy, and peace is the kingdom of God. You pray for kingdom, which is healing and miracles. The kingdom of God is not just talk, but is righteousness, joy, and peace. So you can pray the kingdom of God. Then you pray sonship. Give us today our daily bread and and forgive us. This is the time most people spend. They just skip all the first part. But you talk and you, you, it is great. God says, give us and then forgive us. And all of us need that. And then he says, fellowship and forgive one another because Jesus knows we need to forgive one another. We uh, sin against each other all the time. I need to ask you for your forgiveness all the time. I'm not a perfect pastor and I need your forgiveness and I need to forgive others. And this is the one that Jesus repeats later on, verses 14 and 15. He repeats because because he knew we needed it to forgive those who sin against us. And then he leads us into leadership. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I love praying that prayer. I don't want to sin against God. Uh, Lord, keep me from temptation today, but deliver me from any bondage that I may have. And then uh, what he taught the disciples carried on in other passages, it's included ownership. You give all everything that you receive in prayer, you give it all back to God. This is what the way that Jesus taught us to pray. So we spend time with God. And then you talk with God. You know, in a relationship, you need to block out time. But then it's not just time, you need to talk. I mean, Emily and I, we might be able to find an hour after the kids go to sleep to spend time with, but I gotta say, sometimes I don't feel like talking. It's like, you get those kids to bed, it's just like, oh. Oh, man, but then you realize, okay, we probably should turn off the TV and talk. And it's a struggle to talk. But let me just say, it doesn't just stop there. All relationships require time, talking, and truth, and transparency, and honesty. A growing relationship with the Father will have time with him in honest conversation 
And this is really, a, I mean, with my wife, this is really the, the hardest of them all. It's kind of builds. It's like we may find time together, we may talk together, but are we going to talk about sports or TV or the weather? And that's good. I mean, it is good to have fun, friendly conversation, but where it really gets good is when you get deep when you get honest with each other, when she shares with me her hurts and pains and, and troubles, and when I share with her my hurts and pains, and when we're able to really have a deep, honest conversation, so too with God. God wants us to spend time with him, and he wants us to talk with him, but he doesn't just want that. He wants us to be honest with him. And this is really what it comes down to. Uh, hypocrites, as we said, are being what you're not, right? Christians are being who you really are. The hypocrites, they, they were spent time and they tried talking, but the talking wasn't honest. They were trying to be something that they weren't. So God exposed that and, he, and Jesus said, don't do that. Be honest with me. Talk in a normal voice. Talk to me what's in your heart. Jesus wants, God wants to have relationship with us. And it takes being real. It takes honesty. I was thinking about the difference between a healthy relationship and an unhealthy relationship. A healthy relationship, you're present with one another. Unhealthy relationships, you're absent. Healthy relationship, there's communication. Unhealthy relationship, there's silence. Healthy relationships, you're engaged. Unhealthy, you're unengaged. Healthy, you're truthful. Unhealthy, you're dishonest. Healthy, you're genuine. Unhealthy, you're fake. Healthy, you have trust with one another. Unhealthy, there's doubt. Healthy, there's transparency. Unhealthy, you're hidden. Which of these two describes your relationship with the Father? Is your relationship right now, do you doubt? Is he absent? Is he far away? Are you hiding things? Is there trust? Is there healthy communication? I want to encourage us all to have a healthy relationship with the Father. The Father wants to have a healthy relationship with you. I was thinking about Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, when they were created by God, they had perfect relationship with the Father. They walked around always spending time with the Father. They walked around talking with the Father all the time. And they were honest and transparent with the Father. They didn't have anything to be ashamed for. And they were without clothes. They just, they walked around perfect intimacy with the Father. And then they sinned against God. And what happened? They immediately felt shame and they tried to hide. 
They, they hid in the, in the leaves. There was, there was leaves, and they were trying to hide. They were trying to hide from God. So they broke that relationship that they once had. They didn't want to spend time with God. They didn't want to talk with God. And they didn't want, they were ashamed and they tried to hide. They weren't transparent. But I love this about God. What did God do? Did he just wait for them? Did he go to Adam and Eve and just say, like, look at them? God, did, he, did, did God run away from them? When they sinned and they were hiding, did he run away? God went to them. That's that reckless love of God that we were singing. God went to Adam and Eve. And then when he went to them, he didn't just stand there. He talked. It says... Genesis 3, and they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? So then he starts talking to them. Where are you? And how does Adam and Eve respond? They're not honest with God. They start giving excuses. Why? Because they're shame. They start giving all these excuses and they're not honest with God. But God draws them out. And God loves Adam and Eve. And I love it at the end of Genesis 3. You get the first sacrifice that's ever done. Verse 21. And the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skins and clothed them. God saw Adam and Eve hiding with these fig leaves and God comes after them, talks with them, and then slaughters, it's the first sacrifice, and slaughters and clothes them. So too, this is a picture of what God does for us. And it's why God sent his son Jesus to us. You see, we all have broken relationship with God. All of us are born in this world with sin. And all of us are separated from God because of our sins. But God saw us in, his, in the brokenness. And what did God do? He came to us. He came to us by sending his son and Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And Jesus, like, like what happened to Adam and Eve, the animal that was slaughtered, Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice on the cross. Why? To cover us, to cover our sins, so that we could have restored relationship with the Father. God, our Father, loves us and he wants to have relationship with us. He wants us to spend time with him. He wants us to talk with him. And he wants us to trust him, to be transparent. There's nothing that we need to hide from God. I love reading the Psalms. The Psalms are amazing because they're prayers to the Lord. And they're totally honest and transparent. 
David doesn't hide anything. I mean, if I knew, uh, if I was David and I knew that this was going to be read a lot, there's many of those psalms I don't think I would include. And there's many of them that are shocking, like, whoa. I mean, you said, like, you're allowed to pray that? Uh, He was just honest, transparent before the Lord. He didn't hide anything from God. A third of the Psalms are lament psalms. Now, a lot of the Psalms are praise songs, and that's good, and we are called to praise. But face it, life is tough, right? Life's full of questions, and I love how David, he's like, where are you, oh God? Where are you? I don't see you anywhere. You can pray that prayer, okay? Give you freedom here at Lilburn Alliance Church to pray that prayer. Because you don't want to hide in the midst of trials. You definitely don't want to hide. You'd rather encounter God in the midst of trials. So you bring to him our suffering and pain. That is our God. He's, he wants that carries our suffering, right? That's Isaiah. He, 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 he is okay with any questions that you have. So you can be honest and transparent before him. Our God wants to have honest conversation. He wants you to have time with him. And he wants to have relationship with you. There's a study that recently came out. 20% of millennials feel like they're alone. 20% of millennials feel like they have no friends. There's a lot of depression. God wants to have relationship with us. He wants to talk with you. He wants to be your friend. John 15, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. God wants to have relationship with us. He wants to be your friend. He wants to have greater intimacy with you. Would you respond? Would you receive the Father's invitation? You see, because relationship has a reward. That's the beauty. All relationships have reward. Do you ever feel like, oh, I wish I could tell that person something, but I feel like they wouldn't love me if I told them that? There's a principle, it's without honesty, there can be no intimacy. Without honesty, there can be no intimacy. The more that you're honest, the more intimate you become. So we can be honest before God. You may think that about somebody else. They're not going to love me if they knew this about you. But let me say, God loves you. And he wants you to be honest in the same way that he wanted Adam and Eve to be honest before him. He already knew what Adam and Eve did before they... But he asked him because he wanted them to be honest to him. So too, he already knows the lowest of your lows. But he wants you to be honest with him. You can give him your sin. You can confess to him and he loves you. And there will be a reward. Your father who sees in secret will reward you. When you spend time with the father... He is a father. You see, every, what kid doesn't want to spend time with a good father? We get to spend time with the best father. Amen? 
we get to talk with the best father and we get to be honest with the best father. Let's all stand together. Lord, fill us with prayer. Lord, fill us with relationship. Help us to be honest with you. Lord, help us to have conversation with you. God, you said your house shall be called a house of prayer. Lord, take off masks. Remove hypocrisy from us as a church. Lord, would we enter in? Would we love you? May we pray more, God. May we block out time in this midst of Christmas when schedules are busy, when you have more parties to go to, when there's more things to do than ever. God, would we have time with you? May we talk with you, Lord. God, thank you that you are a good, good father. We love you, Father. Thank you for pursuing after us, for being a father that does want to enter into our world, that does want to talk with us, that is safe. You are trustworthy. You are a father that we can be honest and transparent with. We praise you, Father. We worship you, God. Fill us as a church with more prayer, Lord. May each of us know you intimately in a greater way. Lord, thank you for the truth of the gospel, that we all have belief in you, that we can cognitively in our heads know you. But God, may it go from our heads to our hearts, Lord. Lord, that Christianity would not just be a truth that we believe in, but that it would be a relationship that we enter into. We pray this in Jesus' name.